Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylive.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Mind to be a part of Parkway Life Church because of the people in it. And man, I don't even know, I, I can't even get my act together after Cody come up here and said that because I believe that's a gateway into what I have to say today because God has really laid something on my heart today for Parkway Life Church. And I want to speak to you today on this subject and it's called wrinkle free. Somebody say that with me. Say, say wrinkle free. So, um, since we're not having Wednesday night services, uh, we, we changed our fellowship. Our men's life group is called Fellowship. It's where we, the, the fellas get together. And uh, we've been meeting on the second and the fourth Wednesday of, uh, of, of each month. And if you're not a part of Fellowship, jump right in. Hey, on the second week of this month, uh, next, uh, sorry, the fourth week of this month, we'll, in two weeks we'll be back at my house again. And we have been reading through James. And I'm telling you what, James has really spoken to me in the last few weeks. And I want to share something that God laid on my heart through James. So, so to, before I read the scripture, I want to tell you, James is the, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, amen? And, and that's pretty cool that, that you'll be a follower of Jesus Christ even if he's your own brother, amen? I mean, that speaks highly of James, of who he is. And, and at this moment, when James is starting, he's, he's writing to the church, He's writing to the, the church, and at this time, the church is dispersed. They're, they're hiding. They're, they're every, have you been dispersed lately? Anybody been dispersed lately? Maybe, maybe not your home. Some of you, you've been dispersed from your home. Maybe you've been dispersed from your job like I have. Maybe you've been, but, but this, at, this, at this time, James was writing to the church that was dispersed throughout the nations. They, and they were dispersed because they were hiding they were hiding from persecution. They were hiding from something they, they, because they didn't want to die, right? I mean, like, if somebody was going to come kill me, I'm going to go hide. Or unless they're smaller than me, and then we'll take them out. But, but they were dispersed because they were running for their life due to the persecution that they were facing at the time when James is writing in his book. So they're waiting on word from James. They're waiting on, on somebody to come send them word from, word from James. And they're, this is the word they're waiting for. They're, they're waiting on this word. They're waiting on all is well. Come on back home. Revival is happening. Come on back home. That, that's, that's what they're waiting on. They're, they're wanting to come out from, from wherever they are. And this is the word that they receive from James in James 1, 1 through 2. He says, And James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, they were hiding. He says, Greetings. And they're like, oh, what's he fixing to say? This is going to be so good. I can't wait to hear the news from James to tell us to come home. And James says this, and he goes into it, consider it pure joy. And they're like, this is going to be good. This is about to be good news. We've been hiding. We've been dispersed. We're about to get good news. And James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Whew. Really? Like, really, James? Like, that's not the word we were waiting on, James. We were waiting on, consider it pure joy. 
Come home. All is well. But that wasn't what they received. I'm sure the reaction was just like we did just now. Just like, really, James? Like, like really? Like, like really, James? No, nobody gets excited about going through trials. Like, consider it joy because I'm going to go through a trial. Really, really, James? We were wanting to come home and all is well. And, 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 and for sure... And, and it was definitely, definitely even worse because he, he not only said because you're going to go through trial, but you're going to go through trials of many kinds. What, James? I'm about to give you something to cry about, James, and you can sing that song, Why is James Crying? But, but, but the, the deal is, but the deal, he said, consider it joy, come home, or consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I mean, be, be realistic here. Nobody goes around going, oh yeah, you know what? My week was so hard. Oh yeah, fist bump. Yeah, like, like really, like, like I, I don't go, hey, I had the hardest week of my life. Yes. Nobody says that, right? But James is saying, consider it pure joy when you're going through trials of many kinds. But you see, this is the deal. And I want to speak this to you. And I want to say this to Parkway Life Church. As a church in the whole, as a church in, in, in whole to you, I want to speak to you. What James is trying to say to this is this. He, he says, you can have joy, not because of the test or the trial, people, but because what is being developed in you and through you, in the test and through the test. He says, you're not having joy because of the trial. You're going to have joy because of what is being produced in you and through you in the trial. That's what James is saying. He's saying you can consider it pure joy in two through four. Joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. The next three words are key right here. Because you know. We got to know some things before we go into the trial. Because you know. We have to know this part. That the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. And, and I want to stop there real quick, and I want to ask you this. I wonder how many people drop out of the test and drop out of the trial because it got too hard. How, how many people have, have never finished the test because it was too hard? James says, let perseverance finish its work. How many have dropped out and never saw what the test was going to produce in them. I want to tell you, Parkway, the test is producing something in our church. The test is producing something in the 20-something families of Parkway Life Church. The test is producing something in you. You don't see it right now. All you see is the test. But I'm here to tell you today that the test that we are going through as a church, the test that you are going through in your family, the sickness or test that you're going through in your, in your, in your body, is only a test, but it's going to produce something greater than you've ever seen in your eyes. That's what the test is going to do in your life. And this is what he ends the scriptures with. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may, you, put your name there, put Parkway Life Church. If you're going through a trial, put your name so that you may be mature and complete. Cody, you just said it, complete. When you said it, it clicked in my mind. He said, he said there's going to be something complete about it. I want to tell you, Parkway, God is trying to complete something in our church today. 
so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I want to speak to you about this, being wrinkle-free. See, I want to let you in on a little secret. I, I want to let you in on a little secret of mine. I love to iron. You didn't see that coming, did you? I love to iron. You can ask my wife. Who does the ironing around the house? She's pointing at me. You know why I love to iron? Because I'm a picky person I, I, when it comes to what clothes I'm wearing. I, I like my clothes to be ironed. I'm the ironer in, our, in, in my family. I, in fact, I don't even like it when anybody else irons my clothes. I won't even send it to one hour martinizing or whatever those places are. Now Monroe's and all those things. Because I'm so picky. I want to do it myself. I want to take the, the shirt and I want to iron it. Because I love to iron. I love to take something that is wrinkled and I love to make something, you know, something wrinkle-free out of it. I'm, I'm picky when it comes to my clothes. But, but do you know what drives me crazy about ironing? That, that as soon as you take the iron and, and, and you iron your clothes and you put your shirt on, it becomes wrinkled. Right? Like, like really, like, like this morning I was like, Really? I, I, like, like, I'm talking about wrinkle-free. i got to be wrinkled. But all the way here, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a wrinkle. There's a, there's a, look at those wrinkles. Oh my. I mean, it just drives me crazy that as soon as I iron, there, there, there's more wrinkles. It, it drives me crazy. There's a wrinkle here. There's a wrinkle there. Here a wrinkle. There a wrinkle. Everywhere a wrinkle, wrinkle. Just making sure you're staying with me. They show up out of nowhere. It drives me crazy because you can spend... 30 minutes, right? Like me, I don't know, maybe you're a fast ironer. But you can spend 30 minutes in the morning ironing your jacket and your shirt. and your Who, who irons your, their blue jeans? Any, anybody? I even iron my blue jeans. Even if they look perfect, I still take them out because I don't want any wrinkles in my blue jeans. They, because the, 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 the wrinkles show up out of nowhere. In fact, I'm so funny about wrinkles showing up in my clothes then how many of you do this? Like, like you just got in your car and your shirt's all pressed and your clothes are all pressed and everything looks nice and, and in place and you sit in your car and you put the seatbelt on. Like how many of you do this? Like you, you pull the slack out of the seatbelt so it doesn't make the wrinkle right here on your, on your shirt. Go ahead, just be honest today. Okay, I'm the only weird one. But uh, like, 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 like if I got in a car wreck, I, I would probably be cast forward two feet, maybe die, but I'd, at least my clothes would be perfectly wrinkle-free. <laughs> see, see, there's three types of people when it comes to ironing. There's, just, there's those that just don't care, right? There's those that some people just don't care. They're, they're all wrinkled up and they just don't care. That They go to their, 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 their clothes closet or their, their drawer and they grab a shirt and they pull it out. And, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. They, they just put it on. They just don't care. It's, it's not that they don't see the wrinkles. They just don't care. That's one type of person. Then there's also those other people that, that they hide their wrinkles. Other shirts. <laughs> like not, not face, wrinkles. But there's those that hide the wrinkles. Like, like some of y'all only are wearing a jacket today so you can hide the wrinkles because all you did was you ironed the front of the shirt and everything else back here. Like if you took your jacket off, it just, it's just wrinklage everywhere. New word, wrinklage. They, they, they just, some people hide the wrinkles. They, they take out their shirt, iron the front of it, and then throw on the jacket. But as long as you don't see the wrinkles, they're, they're okay. And then there's those people like me. Like they just want to iron everything. In fact, 
My, my grandmother Pippin is, is even a better ironer than I, I was. She would iron all my grandpa's clothes, even down to his whitey tidies and hang them up in the closet, all perfectly ironed. I mean, it, it's like she ironed everything. Now, I'm not that bad, but, but I, I love to make sure that all my clothes are, are perfectly wrinkle-free when I'm putting them on. See, it's just like that in life. It's just like, see, there's three types of people in life. Well, I'm sorry, there's, there's actually four. I talked about it on, on the way here this morning. There's also those of you that you just don't want to spend the time ironing that you buy that cheat spray and you spray your clothes and you pop it and all the eye wrinkles come out. Now, I'm sorry, I just, not me, I just like, like iron. But, but that, that's for you, that, 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 that's a different type of person. But, but it's just like that in life. See, there's some people... When we, when we look at our life and we see the wrinkles, we, we just don't care in, in the wrinkles in our character. We just don't care. There's people that just don't care. There's some people that, that when they have wrinkles in their character, they, they try to hide them. They, they, they try to put them in, in places and, and they act completely different in public as they do at home because they're trying to hide the wrinkles of their character. And then there's some that, that just say, hey, I just want to live wrinkle-free I want you to get them all out. I want you to get all the wrinkles out. I don't know about you, but I want God to get all my wrinkles out of my life. I want to read to you a scripture in Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. It sort of brings this back around. It says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her the church to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. When I read this scripture this week, it's like Parkway life just came to life to me, like what we're in right now. See, it's easy to talk about the stain. It's easy to talk about and understand the removal of the stain. And we can celebrate the removal of our stains and our sins because we understand that, that Jesus went to and paid the ultimate price on the cross for my sins and for my stains and for all the things in my life and how he can take, he can take black sin and put red blood on it and it can become white as snow. We, we can celebrate about the price that Jesus paid for our stains and how easy that is for the removal of of our stains, it was Jesus going to a cross, dying for me, giving his life for my sins and my stains, and it was at the cross that he removed my stains. We like to talk about the stains, but what about the wrinkles? God, how, how are you going to get the wrinkles out that you're going to make us wrinkle-free, God? I, I understand the stains and how your blood covers my, my sins and it makes me pure white and all the stains are removed. But God, how are you going to remove the wrinkles from my life? How are you going to remove the wrinkles from your church? How are you going to remove us and make us wrinkle-free, God? See, this is what we do. We go over to the closet. We grab the iron. We grab our shirt all wrinkled up. And we lay it down on the ironing board. And we start with the sleeves first, right? Like, who's the sleeve first, people? Yeah? When you iron. So, so like, we, we take our iron, something of weight, something that's not light, something that we take in our hand, and we take it and we press it 
on to the shirt. But not only that, we, 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 we take this, this thing of weight, we take the thing that, that, that is of weight, but we also do something else to it before we put it on there. We, we heat it up. We, we, we turn on the iron, we plug it in, and we, we, we heat it up, and we, we, we apply it on to the shirt. Not too hot, though, because it's going to burn through, right, certain things. And you've got to make sure it's the, the right temperature for the right piece of clothing, or it's going to burn it up. It's going to make a hole. But we take something of weight, and we, we apply it, and we, we start ironing the shirt, and we add the heat, and we add the steam to the shirt. And then we take time ironing the shirt, starting with the sleeves. Starting with the other sleeve, we, we iron the front, we, we turn it over, we, we iron the back, we take our time, not, because when we're ironing the back, we can easily make, stain, make wrinkles on the front. We, we've got to take our time. We've got to take our time with the, the iron. Something we don't like to do, we just want to spray stuff on it and pop it and put it on and let's go. But, but to be wrinkle-free, it's got to take time. It's got to take the weight of the iron. It's got to take the heat of the iron. And we apply that. The, 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 the ironer comes in and he takes the clothing and he applies those things to it. There's a process. There, there, there's a process to getting the wrinkles out. There's a process to becoming wrinkle-free. We grab the shirt and we, we iron it and we apply the weight. We apply the time. We apply the heat. This is how James can say, count it all joy, brothers and sisters. That when you go through the trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance will finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. James understands the test. We don't like talking about the test, but we understand this, that the test is producing something in us. We understand sometimes the ironer, God himself, has got to lay us down on the board. And I'm sure he's not, it's not his favorite thing to do, but sometimes he's got to take the weight and he's got to apply it to our life. And sometimes he's got to heat it up just hot enough. And he takes the time and the weight and the heat. And we call them tests. We call them trials. We can call them sickness. We can call them Harvey. But somehow through these things, he's applied the weight, the heat, and the time. But the thing we have to understand is this, is that it's always producing something in us. He's trying to finish the work in you. He's trying to finish the work in this church. He's trying to finish the work in our community because he understands this. He says that he, we, he wants us to be mature church. He wants us to be complete church. And he wants us to be a church that is lacking nothing. And that's sometimes, even though it's hard, sometimes we have got to go through the trial and sometimes we have got to go through the test because he's trying to produce something greater 
than we've ever been before. And that's where we get the test from. See, this is the deal. We want to be mature. We want to be complete. And we want to be lacking nothing. But we don't want the test, right? We want to be mature. We want to be complete. We want to be lacking nothing. But we want to do it without the test. Just spray it on me, God. Pop me and put me back in the closet. But he says, no. Because I'm trying to make something out of you that you've never been before. So you're understanding now why you have to go through 12 years of schooling. So you're understanding now, students, that what the tests are trying to be about in your life. They're trying to test you to make sure that you're learning these books, that you're reading the books, that you're studying the books. And even though the, the teachers probably don't even like grading the test and giving the test, but they've got to do it to you to make sure you're complete and mature and lacking nothing. Imagine if you never learned the test, that you never learned your one, two, threes, or your ABCs. We would not be mature. We would not be complete. We would not be lacking nothing if you weren't taught how to spell, to count, to talk, and then you weren't tested in the process. See, it'd be nice to have the end result without the test. None of us want the test. We just want the product. We just want the end result. And what God is trying to say here, what James is trying to say here, is you can't have the end result without the test. I'm learning more and more in life that God allows the testing, the heating up, the weights of life, the pressing sometimes in our life to get the wrinkles out of our life. We don't like it. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to get, he's got, already got the spots out, but now he's trying to get the wrinkles out. So, see, this is what we got to understand. Nobody's going to look at a coach and say, Coach, and says, you're, you're, you're making us work too hard. You're making us work out too hard. You're making us run too much. You, you may do that in high school, but the Olympic athletes, they're not thinking. They're making, they're pushing us too hard. They're doing us too much. They're looking at the coach and saying, push me a little harder. Test me a little harder. Add a little weight to the bench test because I want to be better than I've ever been before. That's what the Olympic athletes are trying to say. No, nobody looks at the teacher, Holly Bertrand, or, or any other teachers in the room. Nobody looks at the teacher and goes, why do you have to give us these tests? I'm sure y'all do. But they're, they're, they're thinking, they understand that they, we have to be tested to understand to be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. You're not going to get on a plane of a pilot that's flying the, the plane that's never been through the testing, right? Because you want the pilot to be the best pilot that he can be. We don't ask these teachers. We, I, I haven't looked at my physical therapist in the last few weeks and go, why are you pushing me so hard? Do you know why I'm going to the physical therapist? Do you know why that he's pushing me so hard? It's because he wants me to get off of those crutches and get back to my two feet and get back to work. He's wanting the best in me. But I got to go to the physical therapist. I got to be pushed. I got to be tested. And he's trying to make the best in me. We don't like it, but but but. but we, we should. We should consider it joy because we know this. We know this that they're developing us. But I'll tell you this. We also got to understand that he is developing us. 
He is developing us to be better than we've ever been before. He's creating perseverance in us. He's creating spiritual muscles in us. And he's pushing us to places that we could never have been reaching people without the testing in us. I'll tell you this, we're going to be better than we've ever been before. I want to tell you this, those that have lost up, you're going to be better off than you've ever been, been before because you understand that through the testing creates perseverance and perseverance creates all the things that he wants to do in you. And I want to tell you this, I, 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 I just, I'm a firm believer in this. And I've seen it through the first thing. I've been telling pastor, I've been telling our staff, I've been saying God's going to do something big out of this. He's going to do something bigger than we've ever, he's ever done before. You know what he's wanting to do? He's wanting to take this church to the next level. Cody, am I right? The vision you saw goes right and well with this message because what God has shown to him, what God's trying to say to us is he's trying to take this church to the next level. And we would have never gotten there if it wasn't for Harvey. You would never have gotten there if it wasn't for the sickness. You would never have gotten there if it wasn't for the trial because the trial will always produce something great in you. Can you say amen? This church is going to go to the next level. You are going to go to the next level. And I have to say this today, that the devil better be scared because the process that's going on in this church and in the families of this church are developing us for the next level. He's developing bigger muscles and a bigger church and a greater church. Ways that we can reach people and reach people to take to the next level. He's doing that. He's making us stronger because of the process. Because of the process. This church is going to be stronger. And, and I, I want to say this. Our church been a, has been a light through this whole thing. There are people that are passing our church that are looking every day going, what's going on in Parkway? They're passing you and your home. They're, they're seeing you where I've seen some people through this whole thing. They're, they're, they're seeing some of you at work or seeing some of you on Facebook and they're going, how in the world is Ed Martin saying what he's saying on Facebook? It's because the test is producing things in him that, that God wants to do. God is producing things. If you allow the test, if you allow the trial to do its work in you, I promise you it's not fun. It's not easy, but it's going to be worth it when we get through it all. I promise you and Jesus promised promises that to us. See, everybody in the Bible went through testing. Every one of them. Joseph was sold as a slave, put in prison, spent 13 years in a test. Moses was tested in the wilderness for many years. Three Hebrew boys were tested in the fiery furnace. Daniel was tested in the lion's den. Peter, Paul, John, and even Jesus himself was tested in the Bible. But that testing prepared them for the greatness of what God wanted to do in them. And I'll tell you today, because of those tests that were given to those people in the Bible, we still talk about them today. We still talk about Daniel and how he faced the lions. We still talk about the Hebrew children and how they went into the fiery furnace. We still talk about them because something was produced in them through the trial. Something great was produced in them through the trial. And I want to ask you today, what is God preparing you for? What is God preparing in this church? I promise you, 
It would blow your minds if you would understand what God's trying to produce in you right now. I work out. I haven't done it in a long time. But when I work out, I don't make it easy on myself. I go in there and I try to bench press as much weight and as many times as I can. Because you know why? Because I know the next time I'm going to add five pounds on each side. I want to be stronger. I understand that. I understand the testing that it comes along, that it makes us stronger. And I want to tell you today, God understands that testing produces great things in us just as well. What's he preparing in you for? Get your mind off of the test. Get your mind above the waters. Get your mind above the sickness. Get your, bottom, your mind above the financial, the, the, the family situations you're going through, any tests you're going through. Get your mind off of that. Start looking up. Pastor said it a few weeks ago. We have got to look up. How many of you like cake? Cake? Like, just go ahead and just name your favorite type. Just real loud so I can hear it. Any chocolate cake people? Boo. Any like vanilla cake people with vanilla icing? Yes, yes, that's godly cake. White, white, white cake. We like cake. I love cake. I look like I love cake. I like to work out and I like cake. (laughs) Yes. But you got to understand this. Even though you like cake, you like the product that is made, right? But you never, you never wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're hungry, right? I don't know, maybe it's just me. And you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you're wanting cake and there's no cake. You don't just go in there and grab the flour and go, ah. <laughs> you, you don't go in there because why? Because flour's not good. But maybe, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> You, you don't go in there and grab the Adam's vanilla extract, which smells amazing, and just wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go, I'm so hungry. I need me some vanilla extract. Why? Because it's bitter. It smells amazing. But by itself, it is nasty. It is, it is, it is bitter. And, and then you don't go in there and grab the, 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 uh, the, the deal of vegetable oil at 2 o'clock in the morning and just go, no, why? Because it's disgusting. Unless you're just one of those people. And you don't go in there, definitely, and you don't go into the refrigerator at 2 o'clock in the morning and go, I'm so hungry. Look at those eggs. Crack it and just... Mm, just swat. I mean, anybody, you just don't do that. Why? Because it's disgusting. How can you take flour that's disgusting by itself and vanilla extract and oil and salt and eggs, four or five things that just don't taste good by themselves, and then you can add the good things of life, the sugar and the butter. Can I say Amen. Yes, amen. You got to have the butter and the sugar. And you can take the good things and you can take all these things and you can put them in a bowl and you can mix them up 
And you can take that, and now that product is amazing. Like, you just want to lick, 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 you know, like, that's some good stuff. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, now I could eat that right there all by itself. But, but it's not finished yet. It's not ready yet because you've got to take that. You've got to pour it into the container, and then you heat the oven up to 350, say amen, for 35 to 40 minutes, and you slide that in there. And in 30 to 45 minutes, because it takes the heat and then the, the, the time in there, and then you reach in there and you're watching it the whole time, like, is it ready yet? you know, like taking the, the toothpick and you put it in there. How can things that are bitter and don't taste good, we can take the bad and we can take the good butter and we can take the sugar. You can mix them all together. And I promise you, when you put it in the heat and you put it in the, for the time and you pull it out, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? Amen. It's so good. Like you go to the hard bean coffee shop and you're like, like, I want that one and that one and that one and that one because it's so good. And people will come from, from, from all around just to have some of that cake. I want to tell you, God's making a cake. God's making a cake right here in your life. He's making a cake in Parkway. Even if it's the bitter things in life. And he takes the good things in life. He can take Harvey. He can take sickness. He can take whatever it is. Any trial, any test that you're going through. And he can place the grace and the mercy and the presence of God. And he can combine them. And he can mix it in your life. And he can put it in the oven. And out comes something unbelievable that is beyond your wife wildest dreams. Can somebody say, God made me wrinkle free. Amen. I don't know. I'm getting a little excited up here. How can you be so excited when you're talking about trials? Because we know that trials produce good things when it comes to God, when he applies them in our life. No wonder Apostle Paul said this in Romans 8 and 28. He said, and we know Say it with me. Say, I know. Come on, we got to know this. You got to know it before Harvey come along. You got to know that in all things, in the good times and in the bad, in the easiest of days and in the hardest of days, when you're pulling sheetrock and everything out of your house and you're throwing it to the road, on the good days and in the bad things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. I want to tell you there's a purpose in your process today. Paul, there was a, pro there was a purpose in Paul's process. I, I can't sit here and name all the things that Paul went through, but it was some pretty big and amazing things. But there was a purpose in the process. There was a purpose in the process. So, so, so what do I do? If you got your notes, just, just write this down. What, what do I have to do? What I need to do right now? First thing is this. Is that I need to embrace the process. I got to embrace the mixing bowl. I got I to gotta embrace the iron. The heat. The time. I, I got to embrace it. Romans 5 and 3 through 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Who wrote this? Guess. Right. Paul. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because, say this with me, say it with me. We know. It's funny how that keeps coming up in the Bible. We know. Like, we're Christians. We know that. We know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, 
produces hope. Can I go backwards with this? You can't have hope without character. You can't have character without perseverance. And you can't have perseverance without a test. We can say it all the time. I got hope. You get hope from the test. You get hope from the test. It's a process. Embrace it. Number two is we got to trust God. We got to trust God. This is the point that during the trial, you will be tested the most. But you got to trust God. You, you can't let the process push you from God. You got to let the process push you towards Him. Romans 8 and 28 again. He says, and we know, say, we know. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We know that God is working all things for the good in our life. I heard something the other day stood out. I want to add this. I want to tell you, if it's not good, God's not done. If it's not good... God's not done. Number three, we got to receive the reward. There's a promise, and God always backs up his promises. He said it. He said, if you continue to read in James, James 1 and 12, he says this. James 1 says the trials, you can choose joy, right? Choose joy. When you go through trials of many kinds, right? Go to 12 chapters, 12 verses later, he says this. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, and favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tested. For when he has or she has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown. We sang about it a while ago because Jesus won the victor's crown. But do you know what? You can also receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's a crown coming for you. I tell you through the trial and the testing, there is a crown of life that God has promised to you that love him. And I want to close with this, Scott, if y'all would go ahead and come on up. You may be saying this. You may be saying, well, that's good and all, Brandon. That's good, the testing and the trials and it creates perseverance and all these things are good. But what? I I failed the test. Anybody ever, don't raise your hand, but you have failed the test sometimes in your life. Well, I got good news for you. You're like, what if I failed the test? You're in good company today. In fact, you're in the best of company today. And I want to close with this story in the Bible. There was a man named Peter. Would you stand with me? A man named Peter in the Bible. Peter's a pretty big guy in the Bible, right? Like they call him the rock. Like, you know, not not like the wrestler, but like he is the rock. Like Peter is the rock. He's a man, wrote wrote an Acts, Acts 238, right? Like Peter. So Peter... Jesus shows up to Peter one day and Jesus tells Peter this. He says, Peter, I'm sure, I'm sure Peter's like, oh yeah, what are you fixing to say? Like, you're fixing to say that I was doing all that by my, I'm going to be awesome and stuff. He's, 
No, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus said this to Peter. Jesus spoke to Peter. He said, you're going to be tested three times. And in each test, you're going to fail. You're going to deny me. Peter. But the cool thing is this. You go back before he said this. Go back to Luke 22 and 31. Peter, Jesus actually calls Peter by his first name. Like they was on a first name basis. Like when somebody says your first name, like, hey, this, this, he, he must really mean. He says this. He says, Jesus tells Peter, Simon, Simon, who is Peter? He said, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. I want to tell you something very big right now. God understands you're going to be tested. He allows us to be tested. And in the same test that God is allowing into your life to build you stronger, build these muscles in you and push you to new levels, somebody else also shows up in the test. Jesus tells Peter, he said, hey, Satan asked to sift you as, as wheat. The enemy will show up in the middle of your test. The test that God meant to produce great things out of you, to take you to the next level in him. But in that same test, the enemy will show up in the middle of that test to distract you. He will try to cause bitterness in you and strife and you and get you so busy that you push Jesus aside and get focused on the test and focused on the trial and forget about everything else and he will try to cause you to blame God even in the test and try to get you to turn your back on God during the test and try to tell you that God is not there with you because the devil he's a liar you know why the devil's why Jesus told him that he said Peter the devil Satan has asked to sift you as wheat because this is a deal God knows what's going to be produced in you after the test but do you know who else is worried and concerned about what's going to happen with you in the test it's the enemy himself he looked at Peter and said, I want to sift you as wheat. I wanted to distract you in this test. I wanted you to fail the test because I can see what God wants to do in you. He, he's not, the, the, the enemy's not scared of where we are right now. It's where we're going to be. That the enemy wants to stop us from getting to what the test is going to produce. And he showed up with Peter to try to distract him. Before Peter became this big and bad Christian, the enemy saw the potential in Peter. Saw what the test was going to produce in Peter. And tried his best to tear him down during the trial, during the test. But then, the next scripture. Jesus looks at Peter, says Luke twenty-two thirty-two. 32. He says, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, I have prayed for you, Simon. Peter, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. I want to tell you today, I want to be honest. Test is not easy. 
Trial is not easy. But the Bible says that we're going to have them. Not if, but when. And I have to admit, we're in the middle of a test. Like I hadn't been wanting to stand on crutches pulling sheetrock out of a building. But I will stand here today and I will send warning to the enemy to say this test, this trial, you're not going to distract Parkway Life Church. You're not going to distract the families. Russ Moe, the enemy's not going to distract you, buddy. The enemy's not going to distract you. Do you know why? Because the, 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 the Lord himself is trying to produce something great and something incredible. We will not be distracted. Peter, what did the test produce in you? Oh, it made him greater. Moses, was the test worth it all? Joseph was 13 years in a prison and in, a, in, 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 in sold in slavery. Was it worth it? Joseph would stand here and say, oh, yes, it was. Daniel, was the was the was the was the lion's den worth it all? Oh yes, it was. Was it worth it, Parkway? We can't stand here today and say yes, it was worth it. But I can tell you, in a year from now, in two years from now, in ten years from now, when we're standing on the campus at Parkway and people are pouring in there, people that couldn't fit, people that couldn't fit two or three months ago, people are going to be able to fit in the Parkway Life Church. Why? Because the test will always. Produce something beyond your wildest dream because it, it produced completeness and things and all these things in this. I want to tell you, I want to take you back two months ago. A month ago, I don't remember how many weeks it's been. But I, I want to tell you this. I, I'm looking at a church that God take, took the spots out and he's slowly taking the wrinkles out. If you hadn't seen the wrinkles coming out, you ought to see the church right now. You know, in the last few weeks, Larry Pope been tearing stuff up. Now they're starting to build it back. Do you know why? Because the wrinkles are starting to come out. And God is producing something without spot and without wrinkle. And we can look in the test and say, oh no. This is tough. This is hard. But don't get distracted by the test. We need to look up and say, I choose joy when I'm facing trials of all kinds. Because it's through the trials that create perseverance. And perseverance complete, gives us completeness and all the things that God wants to do in our life. And I want to take you back right now. I want to take you back to a word God spoke to this man right here on a Wednesday night. And on a Sunday morning out in front of the church, what did he say? Behold, say it, a new thing. Behold, a new thing. We didn't know that God was going to have to get some wrinkles out in between. But we understand this. I can already see the future. I can already see what's going to happen when we are beholding a new thing. Right now, God's getting the wrinkles out. And I want to tell you, He's doing that in your life too today. It's through the trials, through, the, through these things that we have to go through, that God is getting us wrinkle-free. And if you're here today, I want to pray for you. Because He said this at the end. He said, Peter, when you turn back, go strengthen your brothers. I'm here to strengthen you today. Tracy, we're here to strengthen you today. We're here to strengthen you today. I want to ask you if you have a need, you've been going through a trial. I want you just to be brave and step out. If you've been going through a trial, go ahead. Just step on out right here. The church has been going through a trial, so probably everybody. 
If you've been going through a trial, I want you to come up. Come on. Come on. If you've been going through a trial, come on. I want to tell you up here right now. I don't know how long your trial's been. If it was Harvey, it's been a month or two. But some of you trials have been for 13 years like Joseph. I don't know. But you've been going through a trial. This is what I want to strengthen you with today. In that trial, the enemy has tried to speak to you and distract you. He's tried to get your focus on the waters coming in your home and the waters coming in the church and the waters coming in your family or job or whatever. Enemy the whole time has tried to distract you. I want to go back to the first message spoke in this room. And it's never meant more than it has right now. He says to look up. Get your eye above the waters. His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. You know what this song says? If he's done it before, he's going to do it again. I'm going to tell you, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it like he's never done it before. And you're going to be standing on those promises looking back. Today, the water's high and it's hard and it's tough. But I promise you that when you look forward and you look or you get forward and you look back at the trial and the testing, you're going to look at muscles that you never had before. You're going to look at a spiritual person that is in you that was never there before. God is trying to produce something in you. Let the trial produce it in you. Right now, we've been fighting the trial. We've been fighting everything. No, I don't want to do this. I'm trying to make it on my own. Let God produce you. You are the church. Let yourself lay out on the altar today and let him start beginning to work those wrinkles out in you right today. I pray, God, right now in this place today, God, you know the trials, you know the tests that have been going on in these lives today, God. God, you know it's been hard. You know that the trials have been tough. God, you know the tears that have been cried. You know the emotional wrecks that these people have been through, God. I pray right now, God, give them strength. God, you said this. You said that through your joy is the strength of the Lord. I pray today that the strength becomes stronger than it's ever been before. Let that joy move back into their life. Let them look up, God, at the things that you have for them today. God, the promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. God, I focus my eyes back on you today.